No, 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 no. You done got me talking politics. I didn't want to. suggest we do about it retribution we can save this world why would i save the world i no longer have any stake in do it for me Someone did, yeah. Everybody in the circles that I'm familiar with has at least one or two friends with the trench coat. I used to be that guy. I used to have a trench coat. I actually got in trouble at school because I wore it after Columbine, not realizing what happened. I had no clue because I didn't listen to the news, didn't hear anything, just walked into school with it, and I'm going, and they're just like, uh, yeah, you need to keep your coat in your locker for the entire day. And I'm going, oh, oh, okay. And then I found out, I'm going, oh, shit. It's like, I could see why you want me to do that. Understandable. Yeah, I got ridiculed in school for that for a while because it was like, can't believe you wore that. And I'm going, I was a dumbass and did not realize what happened. And plus, it was my only winter jacket. Because I was pretty much just inspired to wear it because of uh, The Crow and Jane Silent Bob. Because <laughs> I even wore a backwards hat like him and wore shorts underneath. So I like just walk around and it looks like I'm not wearing anything underneath it until I open my coat. <laughs> I had... Uh, a lot of plaid trench coats because uh, like when I was at first playing in bands and stuff, you know, 14, 15, we had a lot of 
we didn't ever have a horn player, but you know, we really liked Operation Ivy and shit, so we had a little bit of ska influence. So I was nice. al- always rocking the the plaid suits from Goodwill and shit. That's awesome. <laughs> and some really cool. They you usually had to, you know, fold them or safety pin them at the bottom because most of the time they were from dead guys from the 70s, so they were like bell bottoms. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my style was almost always like emulating like uh, bands or something that I was influenced in by a movie. So like, yeah, I was always wearing like Puma and Kangol because I was obsessed with uh, corn. I even had a stupid mustache that was uh, shaved exactly like Jonathan Davis's had the middle piece shaved out. <laughs> like, through. and I was like, yeah, and I look back at that picture and I'm going, oh God, what did I do? I think every every girl I dated in high school was obsessed with Jonathan da- Jonathan Davis, but that was the only time I listened to Corn was like with friends when when somebody else wanted to put them on. I didn't dislike them, but I yeah I was that guy that was like yeah let's put on let's put on Bad Religion or you know <laughs> let's listen to <laughs> right Real Big Fish we're partying right yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, I was pretty much all over the place with my music back then, and but yeah, Corn was like my one big obsession, and now it's become pretty much a uh, Blind Guardian. My last or two bass players ago really liked Blind Blind Guardian. I'd never heard of them before then. Oh, okay, nice. Because yeah, Heather makes fun of me because that's she's like, all you ever listen to is Blind Guardian. I'm like, no, I don't. But I, I talk about them a lot. I've seen them live once, and it was one of the most uh, most amazing concerts I have ever been to. Probably about 13, 14 years ago, but it was, uh, yeah, they played in Ohio, I think at the Agora Ballroom. Oh, nice. And in Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah, we drove from Michigan all the way to Cleveland because they were playing at Harpo's in Detroit. And we're like, oh, screw that. We don't want to go to Harpo's because Harpo's sound sucks. Let's go to Ohio and go to the Agora Ballroom. Oh, the Agora So we fucking drove all the way awesome. down there. And, yeah, it's perfect for them because, yeah, like, the acoustics in there were amazing. And I just love that ballroom setup. It was just beautiful. <laughs> just one of the most amazing concerts i've ever been to like like the whole crowd was involved and like yeah no issues at all it was freaking crazy how amazing it was that place is so fun we'd still drive up to see shows there from here in columbus sort of the the counterpart for the agora in columbus would probably be the newport okay yeah i've heard of that i could probably walk there in 20 minutes (laughs) oh that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) we're not going to shows anyway yeah, unfortunately, like waiting for all this to go to go over so we can do conventions again and bands again, though everything may change a little bit, but whatever yeah. it takes. My tickets from 2020 Riot Fest got rolled over to 2021 Riot Fest. That's in oh, September. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh cuz I bought tickets to Fozzy Jericho's band from uh WW or AEW. <laughs> Yeah, and I, uh, I bought I've tickets. Heard of them. We were gonna, yeah, we were gonna go see them in the summer because I was uh, back into wrestling and uh, Heather was gonna be coming to visit. So I was like, she was a big wrestling fan. So I was like, screw it, let's go see Fozzy while you're in town or whatever. And bought tickets. And then, yep, borders closed. Then the machine shop canceled the concert, pushed it back to November. Then it got pushed back again. Now it's in April. I don't think it's gonna be going on in April. <laughs> I think it's gonna get pushed back again. I I'm almost certain. And at that point, I'm just going, do I even really want to go anymore? <laughs> But it might give me something fun to do on a weekend. Do you know who doesn't have fun on the weekends is Rorschach. I don't know. I think Rorschach has 
I think he has the most fun out of everybody in this entire movie, <laughs> just in a different way. <laughs> Rorschach's Journal. Oh, another another psychosemantic podcast episode. Here's Darren, a liberal cuck who doesn't understand he's got fat liberal sensibilities, and he's here with with Scott. How are you doing, man? Oh, I am doing good. But I just wanted to say it right now, free is just another word for socialist. <laughs> All the whores and the pimps are walking in the streets filled with dead dogs bursting with maggots. And they want help, and I say no. <laughs> I've got to read Reason magazine and argue why people should be nicer to Ben Shapiro. <laughs> Oh, you have a you have a good Rorschach voice. I have to give you that. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, fuck. It's like Rorschach Kruger. I I think I. It really is. It it was really cool revisiting. I I guess I okay. We're talking about 2009's Zack Snyder, another Hollywood liberal who doesn't do shit. The Watchmen, half of whose creators didn't want to be involved. <laughs> oh that's amazing i mean fuck man i think you i've been wanting to talk with you again because it's been a little while and yeah i just threw a bunch of ideas or themes at you and you said something about weird comic book movies yeah yeah because i like uh it caught my eye because it was like when you said weird comic book movies, I'm going, OK, so this won't be the typical Marvel Cinematic Universe or DC Universe, which I'm burnt out on. And we'll get to the movies eventually, but not like but then when you showed me the list of what you had, I I was struggling to choose one from the list because there were so many good movies in that list that you gave me. <laughs> I try to make it worth worth your time. Yeah, like, oh, like. I was really struggling between uh, Batman Returns and Watchmen. Like, it was a, almost a toying cost between the two of those movies. Yeah, and I watched Batman Returns this week, too. So if you want to talk about that. We'll... <laughs> nice. <laughs> I actually watched that almost uh, every Christmas. That is a good Christmas movie. And a lot of people's gateway into liking ladies in leather. Yes. <laughs> And where a lot of people all of a sudden went, you know, Danny DeVito, he can be a really gross dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll be mayor. I bet he had a lot of fun with that. Oh, you could tell he did. Like, he just had a black. Like, it's, he kind of reminds me of, uh, his, uh, his character reminds me of Frank Reynolds from It's Always Sunny if he decided just to stay under the bridge the whole entire time, like he always talks about with Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what Frank Reynolds would look like, is that ugly penguin. <laughs> Trump to Max Shrek's McConnell. Yes. Oh, my God. Which we will probably... At least done by to. a good Christopher Walken. Oh, yeah. And uh, what's-his-face? Zangief from Street Fighter as his son. Or was that... Yeah, right? That's that's the guy that played Zangief, yeah. right? Yeah, I think it was. Holy crap. I never even made those connections. That is hilarious. <laughs> so we we I we well like I, we could do that next time. Nobody's picked that from the list. There's a lot of movies that 
I've been surprised nobody's picked up yet. So we're going to, uh, yeah. I will definitely, if no one's getting into it, I'll get to it eventually. I'm sure. I'm sure you will, Scott. <laughs> Never compromise. Even in the face of Armageddon. That's the only difference between us. That's a small difference. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm talking to Batman or Rorschach. <laughs> he, yeah. I, I think he's just not pretty enough to have ever done Batman. No. Like, amazing actor. But yeah, that, that, that face is definitely not a Bruce Wayne face. He'd be a good villain. Yeah, he'd probably be a great Riddler. All right, you heard us, Warner Brothers. Well, you're not fucking up with your weird Harry Potter game shit. Yeah, right? That game, <laughs> that, that game I just gave up on that game ever coming out. Well, it, you heard about the development the last couple days, right, with the lead developer? Uh, I don't think I have with uh, the Harry Potter one, no. Okay, so... You know how they've been going out of their way to say J.K. Rowling is not involved in this, the creation of this game. Yeah. <laughs> well, they just, uh, I guess the lead developer on the game has, or up until a year or two ago had, like a anti-social justice, pro-gamergate, anti-feminism fucking YouTube channel. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And and I believe another mission statement from the game was like, we are going to be the most awesomest, most inclusive, distance ourselves oh. from J.K. Rowling bullshit. And then, yeah, it, it came out <laughs> that, yeah, when he, oh, at least it... when he got hired, and because he had said something like, at least they didn't care about my vid my YouTube channel. At least not they're not endorsing me, but at least they didn't care enough not to hire me. So it was at least active until then. Wow. And you know, I've I've got that is crazy. I did not hear about any of that. It was very recent. Uh, I um, I'm friends with from my punk from my more punk rock traveling around days. A friend of mine ended up working for Bethesda. And oh, nice! You know, there's not a whole lot of women video game developers, and stuff. Yeah. So it's at least smaller than the guy the guy set. So I'm I get almost all of my video game news from her. <laughs> uh, you know, nice. it, it'll pop up, and uh, she shared an article about it yesterday. So I, I was getting caught up. Okay, nice. Yeah, because I'm. I'm trying to gather some uh, video game news for a secret project in the works. Nice. Well, look into but, uh, that. <laughs> I will definitely have to now because, yeah, like, uh, yeah, because I found out some very interesting, like, just delay information about, uh, what was it, Vampire the, uh, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Bloodlines 2. The entire development team got canned on that. I'm like, oh, no. So that's <laughs> not coming out for a while now. <laughs> The uh, Cyberpunk 2077 patch got delayed because of that uh, source code hack. Oh, did it really? They they announced today that the 1.2 or whatever the fuck patch will be a little bit delayed, but should be out, I think, mid-March. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I've, I've been slowly updating it, but I haven't been touching it for touching it and playing on. Uh different games on my PC right now, so I'm letting my PS4 Pro 
I'm giving it a little while, but get as many updates as I can, then I'm going to dive back into it. Oh, I've probably, I'm, <laughs> I think I've done most of the side missions, but I've only done a third of the main quest. Holy crap. <laughs> so I probably need to catch up on that. You know, I'll just get stoned and just be like, oh, there's a question mark. I'll go to that. Okay. Kill a bunch of guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's uh, so addicting doing that. That was like my mistake with uh, what was it, The Witcher Three, The Wild Hunt that the that the same company released for the PlayStation Four. Like, there's like hundreds and hundreds of question marks that keep popping it up, and I'm going, "Ooh, I'm gonna go do these." And then next thing you know, I'm 300 something hours into the game and still had not beat the main story. I'm going, "Oh, probably should do that." <laughs> <laughs> it's telling me the difficulty of my next step of the main quest is very low. Oh <laughs> wow! Yeah. <laughs> I should there's your sign. get on that. But then there's this there's this side quest that's moderate. I'll go do that because the other one's already very low. And that just, yeah. I have, I've only bought a couple of the vehicles in there. Most of them have just been ones that I've got from quests. Oh, nice. But yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed it. I've been looking forward to it. I got it, you know, quote unquote, got it for Christmas the year that it was first supposed to come out. And I'm just lucky that I still have the same fucking system that it that it was bought on. No kidding. <laughs> and there's a lot of angry like, people, but I have a lot of fun with the fucking game. Yeah, like I haven't seen all the issues that a lot of people were talking about with it. But I also, I got the PS4 Pro. So like, I guess a lot of the main issues were on the regular PS4 and the Xbox One S. Like, so I, was that the like last I, version of the Xbox One, the One S? Uh, it was the one X was the last version. Okay. Like that I was the pro. I have the last Xbox one. I don't, <laughs> and I'm fine. Yep. Cause that's kind of like the PS4 pro. It's like, it got, had some bugs early on, but nothing like game breaking. There's some floating trash. Like, uh, bags actually, no, I'm shit. wrong. There was, yep. I seen a uh, motorcycle going sideways down the road. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? There was one uh, time I was inside this. It was one of the main missions that I was in a hotel and I was supposed to kill this guy and he was in an elevator and he literally fell through the floor, came through the ceiling, fell through the floor, came through the ceiling, just kept looping. So I just sat there and just shot at him until like I finally just eventually killed him. It just took like five minutes because he kept spinning through the floor and ceiling over and over and over again. (laughs) I'm like, well, that's not supposed to happen, but whatever. (laughs) Oh, this could be a good question when the game gets more popular for the show, but uh. Are you a corpo street kid or a nomad? Uh, I went corpo because I just I figured uh, I wanted to see what the higher up people lived like, and I wanted to play the assassin style. So I was like, "Yep, I'll be just like some corporate spy." Nice. How do you? How does the game start out for corpo? I did street kid. Uh, pretty much it uh, started out with me inside like the corpo, like just one of the massive freaking buildings, and. You're like all dressed to the nines, all nice suit, and you go and uh, talk to the boss. I can't remember the boss's like the guy's name, but like he pretty much says, "Here's uh, this information. I need you to go to this bar, and uh, we're going to assassinate this person." And I go to the bar, and then well, apparently someone found out that I was going to assassinate because yeah, they kind of hijack me and take me out, and then take my chip. Oh. And then next thing, you know, I'm uh, I'm with uh, what's his face. Uh, the Mexican dude that's like in the main middle of the city, pretty much. But uh, oh, yeah, Jackie? I'm with him. Yes, Jackie. Okay. 
Yeah, he like apparently <laughs> knew me in the walls in there. Oh, okay. That sounds kind of fun. You in uh, Street Kid, or have you played Street Kid also? I know you serious video game people will have four or five different things of the same game. I don't know if that's yep, you. I, I usually do. I just have not had the time to really dive into it yet, but that was one thing I was planning is doing a Street Kid at some point. In Street Kid, you start out in a bar, and you get sent to steal a car. Oh, nice. Um, I don't know about Nomad, but my character is really tight with the Nomads. It's kind of Street Kids and Nomads versus the Corpos. Oh, nice. <laughs> Although Maelstrom is not very happy with me because I wanted to fight my way out and take everybody's shit in that early on uh, mission for the the angry, stern woman. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I ended up uh, I ended up being peaceful with them. They were, you know, still jerks towards me, but I like, yeah, I just, they let me grab the thing and then they got attacked by that. Uh, I think one of the government agencies popped in because the, uh, the woman got found out and then they found out where the, that whole, uh, camera thing that you're stealing that drone was. So they came and just like raided the place. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't that, know why there's all those the Those Maelstrom dudes are just disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I, it's. It's a it's a freaking cool ass game and lots of neat lore. It just uh yeah, I think think that they uh their investors were breathing down their necks and so they didn't want to push it back any further and I think that was their mistake. They should have taken even longer and then they wouldn't have had this mess, but I think yeah, the investors they just had to please them and you know they would have gotten destroyed if they put another delay from all the fans. This is how I look at it with movies and video games. It's like, if you got to delay something, delay it, take your time, make this as good as you possibly can. Do not rush it. Yeah, there, There's other stuff to play. I, I was playing yeah. Fallout New Vegas just for fucking shits and giggles because I'd never played it Oh, now it that before. brings back memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it's, it's $7 in, in the Xbox store. That'll tide me over. I already played all the shit for, what, Maneater. Oh, nice. I still need to get that game. It's fun. If, especially if you liked the Jaws game that was in, uh, what was that, PS2? It's like that on I don't on think crack. I ever played that. Oh, really? They, yeah, there was a Jaws, yeah. a Jaws game for PlayStation 2 where you are the shark. And it's like, go, go destroy this toxic waste plant. And you get extra points for eating dogs. And you just Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in Man Eater, you know, you can pick like a there's different kinds of shells or paths or whatever. So you can do electrocution or poison dripping off you or extra bone or you know, all this weird fucking shit. And it's it's it, it was a ton of fun. People are pissed at that too, because they don't have enough DLC yet, but it's it came out as like a $30 game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, Cause I remember it was pretty cheap. I would definitely check that. out. I think you'd have a lot of fun. Cause you, you're fighting alligators and crocodile. There's different kinds of alpha. I forget what they're, it's either alpha predator or some sort of apex, the apex predators in the different areas. And there's swamp and toxic waste area and yuppie, Vacation resort and all this shit, and you're a shark. 
That's can, yeah, that yeah. just sounds fun. <laughs> so I, I've been recommending that to a lot of people. I haven't <laughs> for the longest time, the most video games I really ever did was whenever the hockey team I like lost, which is the Columbus Blue Jackets, so sometimes a lot of games lost. I would just go play a game on the that year's hockey game and make them win. I used to do that uh, like during Super Bowl because I would like if I uh, I would go to a friend's house and they'd have a Super Bowl party and there'd be a bunch of people in the living room watching the Super Bowl and then a bunch of guys in another room with a big TV playing like the most recent Madden game and playing the teams that are on the Super Bowl and then I would just join in and like play with them and then go watch the game for a bit and then go back. <laughs> It's kind of like, well, I don't like how this game's going, so I'm going to go see how this game is going. <laughs> it's like, and that speaks my language more because I'm just that much of, I'm a, I was especially back then a huge video game nerd. They've always been there. Yep, I'll say I've pretty much played since I was a little kid and just slowed down over the last year, but I'm trying to get back into it. Just, I need to stop watching so many damn movies. <laughs> Well, but I mean, you—it's kind of part of your unpaid job now—is watching all those movies. Uh, it is true, though. I think I can afford to slow down just a little bit now, because <laughs> I was going nuts for a while. I mean, hell, I'm already at uh, I'm already at fifty twenty twenty one horror films. Holy shit! Yeah, I just for some reason I'm just like bored at work. I'll be like, "Ooh, there's a new twenty twenty one movie. I'll watch that." And then for a while there, I was watching movies at work, and then I, while I was doing my work, and then when the work was finished, I would come home, and I'd be like, well, everything's locked down still in this state, ain't got crap to do, screw it, throw on another two movies till I fall asleep. There you go. You guys have been talking about video games for fucking 20 <laughs> minutes. You're supposed to be talking about my 2009 movie. Watch Chill me. out, Rorschach. <laughs> Chill out, Rorschach, we're gonna give Nixon another term. He's already got three in your movie. Oh, fuck. So, <laughs> yes, dude. I don't know who would be listening. I don't know. I don't know who listens to this show. But just so we can get it out of the way, it's like saying allegedly before saying a bunch of wild shit. It's 1980. It's 1985. Rorschach's Journal. September 1985. An alternate <laughs> reality. The Watchmen. Comprised of the comedian. Dr. Manhattan. Night Owl 2. Ozymandias, Rorschach, and Silk Spectre 2. Or uh, are a disparate band of masked superheroes modeled after the Minutemen, who are masked superheroes of a generation previous, most of who are dead or afflicted by ravages of life. The comedian belongs to both groups, despite the activities of the Watchmen leading to the West winning the Vietnam War, which is why uh, the American flag has 51 stars in this movie. I didn't even notice that. Because Vietnam's the 51st state. Which in turns has kept Richard Nixon in the White House. Nixon has now outlawed masks, resulting in the Watchmen disbanding and going into retirement, most hiding their Watchmen past under their human added identities. Except for me, I consider my mask my real face. You're locked in here with me. <laughs> However, the comedian and his human persona of Eddie Blake and Dr. Manhattan, former physicist John Osterman, Paid, played by Billy Crudup, which I totally forgot until now, uh, obtained his superhero powers through a scientific accident, which almost killed. I mean, I think, I think it kind of did kill him. Now work for the government. Dr. Manhattan's powers in particular have kept a watch over nuclear proliferation as he is able to stop 90, what? 99.9%. 
as Ozymandias yep. would say. So now we can just go back to talking about whatever, but we we, we did the we did the bare minimum. Uh, that is the plot. <laughs> that is the plot of the Watchmen or Watchmen. But uh, you have not read the comic, and you have not seen the HBO series. No, what? I have not. I was trying. Yeah, I was trying to trying my best to get to the, watch the show, but could not find a way to do it. And uh, like in the enough, in enough time span that I had. But I guess to make up for it, I at least watched the ultimate cut of The Watchmen, which was three and a half hours long. <laughs> that is the ultimate cut. My, uh, do you have you seen all of the versions? Well, at least I I know of three. I know of three versions. Yeah, because yeah, I know there's the theatrical directors and then ultimate for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've seen the director's cut because I'm trying to remember what because I've seen it in theater. And then I bought it on Blu-ray, but I cannot remember if that was the director's cut or not that I bought on Blu-ray. The director's cut, I believe, is about two hours and 45 or two hours and 50 minutes. Yeah, because I think it was like another 20, 25 minutes added on to the theatrical version from what I was looking at runtimes. And I tried to find, I can't find any scandals around Zack Snyder. No, like I think the only thing that's ever been like talked about about him and is just very extremely unfortunate is that is like oh think what was it his son committed suicide during like right after Justice League or yeah I think during Justice League that's right I, I it was somebody in his family and his wife is his his uh, co producer or she's the producer and he yeah. doesn't do any producing. But, yeah, because I think cause didn't Joss Whedon have to step in to do the finish off the Justice League? Yes, and I I hear the Snyder cut of Justice League is almost completely different. Yeah, and like almost what is it four and a half hours or something wild? Something like that. Something that's very pandemic appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely can't. I don't bash Zack Snyder, like especially his early days work. He did some amazing stuff like like he did the Dawn of the Dead remake, which I love. And then like Watchmen shortly after that, which is probably one of the better comic book movie adaptations I've ever seen. And then, you know, he pretty much created the DC universe like as he was going in with Warner Brothers on that. Plus, like all the other stuff he did in between all that. He did 300. A lot of people like that. movie. Yes. Yep, 300. Yeah, I did Sucker Punch, too, which not many people like that one, but I remember that. I haven't seen either one of them. Oh, I of uh, 300 or Sucker Punch? Correct. 300 is very fun. I okay. definitely recommend that one at some point. I, I had a couple friends that were fans of it. My wife is way more a fan of action movies and shit. Uh, oh, she, okay. She saw Watchmen in the theater. She she saw Watchmen. We had, that was the, actually, this came out the year we started dating. And I did not see it in the theater because she had already seen it in the theater with her roommate who hated it. Uh, her roommate hated it and thought it was really boring. But I feel like she liked it. And I was in, <laughs> still at the early odd stages where I wasn't doing anything special for myself. I was just saving money to spend on her. Which, right. So I, I did not see this until it came out for rental. But I fucking... Oh, wow love the show i've i've watched through the show twice really yeah the um 
I think you need to check it out. So I'm not really going to say anything spoilery. But yeah, I'll it, try to I'll see if I can watch it before uh, the next time you have me on and then I can like give you my thoughts when I rewatch it or when I do get a chance to watch it. Cool. Because it, it, it made me revisit the movie for the first time in a long time when it first came out. But it, it came out. Oh, fuck. I think it's nine episodes, eight or nine episodes. OK, about, about an hour long each. But it's because uh, this movie is 1985, I think, is the entirety except for the flashbacks. It's 1985. Yes. And this is more modern. So I think it's oh, supposed okay. to be 2018, 2019. Oh, interesting. Uh, there are some people that were in the first movie that are in the show. They definitely talk about stuff hmm. that happened in between. Um, but yeah, that, that I mean, that one got started... You get some backstory from some characters that are just in the background in the movie. Oh, nice. So, I, I mean, I don't know if there was anybody. Uh, I don't even want to say. Uh, it It's cool <laughs> shit. And um, I, I think, it, especially, it sounds like you like the movie. I know some people don't like the movie. But I didn't think you would pick it if you didn't like it. Yeah, like, um, let me see. Like, my first experience with it in theater, I think it just kind of went over my head and I was just kind of like, eh, this is, it's pretty. I don't really know <laughs> what's going so on. And then like watching it when I, I was like, all right, I got to get it on Blu-ray because it was so pretty and I want to give it another chance. And I bought it on Blu-ray, watched it. I'm going, okay, yeah, I like this movie. And then watching the ultimate cut, I'm going, yeah, this movie is fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like each Every, you know, sometimes when they make movies longer, they're adding in side stories that you don't really give a fuck about. But each longer yeah. version of this, I see it completes some part of the story or gives me a little bit longer look at that guy's arms getting cut off with the bandsaw in prison or something like that. Yes. Yeah, because I don't remember in the theatrical version the the animated scenes with the comic book. So I don't know if that was part of the director's cut or if that was added into the ultimate cut, but yeah, like all the different animated scenes with the comic book throughout like the whole entire movie. I was just like so freaking cool and just like such a dark and disturbing story. I think the animated scenes are just in the ultimate cut. Okay. They, I do not remember them from the director's cut, which tends to be the one I watch because it is under three hours long. Right. But it's better than the uh, the theatrical, in my opinion. But yeah, I think that's just in the ultimate cut, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because I thought that was just kind of like a nice break from what was going on in the real movie. You're just going into the comic book, which is kind of like, in a way, is just kind of like a thing that just kind of details the story even more. But I just, yeah, I love that they added that. That was really, and the animation was amazing. I, I did not look into who did the animation, but I like that Snyder, being a comic book fan and that kind of artist, drew all his own fucking storyboards. Oh, did he really? Yeah. He drew all the storyboards. He was super excited. He got all these people, like everybody, uh, well, not everybody was super familiar with it, but Jackie Earl Haley was a fan of the comic already. And as soon as he found out about the project, he said, I need to be Rorschach. And I don't think he would have been able to cast anybody else. Like, cause he, Jackie Earl Haley just did such an amazing job as Rorschach. 
I mean, I don't like him. I I don't like Rorschach, but I love Rorschach. You know? Yes. Like, I would not get along with Rorschach. <laughs> and he would not like me. No, no, you would not. <laughs> like, you know? Honestly, I don't think he really likes anybody. <laughs> uh, he, I think he liked Dan. I think he liked Daniel. He liked to give him shit. But, you know, I, I know it, uh, he, he's a loner, but he missed his partner. I feel like uh, was Hawkman or whatever the fuck he was. Uh, I think it was Night Owl. Owl. The Owl. Night Owl. Night Owl Part 2. Yeah, I think he was really good friends with him. I, yeah, he hated everybody else. I mean, fuck. When he gave uh, Lori shit, he was like, oh, you're a whore. And, yeah. <laughs> and that is one thing that is missing, I think, in the theatrical cut is when Dr. Manhattan leaves and the agents are questioning her. And they they basically say something about you're paid to fuck him and you fuck. Oh up. yeah! And she smashes the guy. It's like that's as close to prostitute as you're gonna get to calling me. Uh, I think that was missing from the theatrical cut. Yeah, because I don't remember that part at all. Okay. Yeah, yeah like, and yeah, like, uh, yeah, like the like uh, with Rorschach though, like you're saying, like, yeah, I think he was like that is the only uh one that he truly like didn't miss like what the group was night owl or Dan. Cause like Dan seemed to be kind of like the, uh, seemed to be kind of like the pseudo leader when Dr. Manhattan wasn't around. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had ideas. He had technology. He was really kind of, he, he was like a manager, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> nobody else could really be a manager. I, I mean, I've had managers probably like all these other characters, but I, yeah, he was the he was the kind of manager that you hoped made the schedule, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, oh, this guy might be a little bit lenient on me. Sweet, <laughs> he'd be one of those. Uh, he'd be one of those managers that'd be like, you know, I could go out to get it. I could go out with a, for a drink with him. I fucking hate going out with a comedian. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh god, especially the more you find out about that character too. Oh my god, awful, <laughs> awful person. <laughs> I mean, what Rorschach is like, if Batman really kind of existed, I know there's the reference to Batman where the first Night Owl is saving the rich people in front of the theater. And it's, I think it says Batman on a thing on the wall there. Oh, it does. That's right. So he sort of prevents Batman from ever existing. Even though Night Owl yeah. Part 2 is the one with all the gadgets and all the money. Because, yeah, like, Night Owl is basically, or Night Owl Part 2 is basically Bruce Wayne, Batman. Bruce Wayne without dead parents and emotional baggage. <laughs> right. And Rorschach is all the emotional baggage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. <laughs> so go all the whores and the pimps speaking about their child pornography. Am I overdoing it? No, I love it. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think everybody else will too. Oh, good. But you know, he's yeah, he's he's got that weird code. He fucking hates everybody, but he's got a code that he believes is the code to live by, and you know, the by by any means necessary shit. And like like a vigilante that's only driven by 
justice and hatred of evil. He fucking stinks, and he eats uncooked beans out of a can, and nobody likes him, and (laughs) he doesn't know what to do when he's not doing the thing he does. Yeah, I was like, because like when you do see him like without his mask before you know he gets his mask actually taken off, he's considering it a costume by walking around parading as like a dude that's just saying like the end is nigh. They didn't recognize me without my face. You're right. <laughs> oh, and like yeah, like he just has some of the best lines because I, I think I was messaging you while we were watching it, and I'm like, yeah, the, the lines that he just drops are just amazing. One of my favorite ones was when he. Pretty much telling his kind of uh, how he became Rorschach style story when he finds the pedophile that hurt that little girl. And he's just like, he's like, just let me get arrested. Don't hurt me. He's like, men get arrested. Dogs get put down. Yes. I can see why on the surface he is the hero of the movie. You know, he's the closest to the traditional superhero that is in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's kind of like the face of this where, uh, like, and he's pretty much the one that's narrating this entire story because it's his journal telling everything. But, like, at the same time, like, he's not a good person. <laughs> Which they wouldn't be. Uh, no. That's <laughs> like, kind of like rewatching this. It's like, wow, like, I can see where uh, the comic book series The Boys got its inspiration from. Yeah, that that's more my style of comic book. Yes, same here. Like, where it's just, like, the underbelly, dark truth of, like, what people with these types of powers would actually do. Fucking Ozymandias. That yeah. That is kind of the ultimate superhero logic. Yes, exactly. And he reminded me so much of, a uh, crap, now I can't even remember his name now, uh, Homelander. Just the look and the outfit and, like, even some of his ideals, I was just like, yeah, this is Homelander in a way. Like, he's talking, like, book deals and figurine signings. I'm like, yeah, this is the whole thing with uh, the boys. Like, yep, this I can see where they got inspired. Have you read the comic or just seen the show? Uh, I have read the first graphic novel for the boys. Cool. Have you seen the show? Yep, seen I, the show. Yes. Yep, okay. I've watched both seasons, and I need to, I want to try to get the other graphic novels, read them before season three comes out. Yeah, I'm I, I'm into the second omnibus of the comic. Um, oh, nice! Current on the show. Uh, that that is another thing. We'll have to talk about that later. She's starting to come around, but I don't know if you heard that. I Vanessa and I covered the first few episodes of the show. Yes, I actually have them downloaded. I've been meaning to listen to them. Like I never heard anybody talk about the show on a podcast and I seen you guys did. I'm like, yes, download. <laughs> I've been wanting to do that. Uh, like we, we will have to talk about a possible other arrangement, but and she liked it. Okay. But I, I've started it and I need to finish it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So we will talk. Yeah. yeah I'll say we could definitely talk. We will talk. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. We're talking we're going to talk about how maybe, uh, what, what's her name? Gina Carano from Mandalorian could play, could play the Nazi chick from the boys. And maybe oh, she, yeah. <laughs> and maybe she could go over and play the space sheriff on Mandalorian. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> or she could just disappear out the face of the earth and give it about a month. No one will notice. <laughs> 
I mean, oh, fuck. I didn't really give a fuck about her character before I found out she was a QAnon Nazi. Allegedly. Yeah, I I didn't even really know who she was, because uh, I think I still have, like, two episodes of season one of The Mandalorian to finish before I even touch season two, and then, like, was she in season one? I can't remember. She was in an episode or two of season one. Yeah, because I'll say, I think I vaguely remember seeing her in the first season. In the, I think it's in the first season where uh, Mando and Grogu go to space Vietnam. Yep, that's the episode I was thinking. Okay, I think that is the only episode in the first season. Okay. There might be another one, but not not more than one more, as far as as far as I can remember. And I have a five year old that loves that fucking show, so I've seen so many. I've seen that episode a lot because it has an oh, AT, I can imagine it has an ATST in it. So yes. it's always this one. You know, down, 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 down. A is something I hear a lot at night, and. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he speaks to me in video game terms, and I can respect that. That is amazing. Uh, in other words, you are raising him right. Yeah, you know, he and his mom flew. Speaking of which, she is the bigger Star Wars fan. Uh, they flew through oh, the nice. Clone Wars at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, uh, did they really? Yeah, they did. And uh, they left me out a whole lot of times. And <laughs> what was the other cartoon series? Uh, was it uh Rebels or something? Yeah, something I Rebels? think it was. I think it was Rebels. Yeah, they they went through both of them, and I had wow. to do I had to do some catching up. And, and he's even such a little fucking Star Wars nerd. Last time we were putting on Clone Wars, he said, "Just start at season two. The first season you don't need." Oh wow! <laughs> and how old is he? Uh, he'll be six next month. That's amazing. But. I think to rebel, uh, no pun intended, uh, in Star Wars, he roots for the dark side because they have better weapons. I mean, and their lightsabers are much cooler looking, too. You should uh, introduce him to the uh, Knights of the Old Republic games at some point. He is playing uh, one of the first Xbox. Well, he's got mo- well, he's got all the Lego Star Wars games. Oh nice! And, and he's got Rogue Squadrons. He's 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 one fine pilot, um, and he's also got one of the original Xbox, you know, reverse retro, whatever the fuck you call it, where you're the clone troopers. I can't even remember what it's called. Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about too. Like, yeah, I, yeah, hmm. it, it's like the first person shooter shit. Yeah. And you're in, you're in charge of a clone squadron. You start on Genosis. Uh, yeah, he he's he's all about it. That is cool because yeah, I was gonna say like if he really loves the bad guys, he would love the bad guys and uh, uh, the Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic too. Some of the most badass Sith lords I have ever read about and like <laughs> learned about. Like one is called uh, Darth Nihilus. And he just wears, like, he's just in all black robes and wears, like, this white mask. And you can't even understand what he's saying, because if he actually speaks, you will instantly be corrupted to the dark side. Because he is so powerful with the dark side. 
That's pretty powerful. Yeah, like, and it, he's just like, like when you meet him in the game, like you just hear him like kind of breathing and just kind of like mumbling like in a different language almost. But like, yeah, if he actually spoke any words of power, like he would instantly corrupt you. I was like, that is awesome. <laughs> and I'm not, the funny thing is, I'm not even a huge Star Wars nerd, and I, I, but those Knights of the Old Republic games made me definitely dive into some Star Wars lore. <laughs> yeah. I was just I, like, okay, <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> you got my attention. <laughs> I mean, there's some really cool stuff. And that's what, I mean, that was my um my my childhood memory with my dad. I haven't seen barely any James Bond movies. It was Star Wars when I was little. Oh, and, nice. You know, my dad would get back uh, from the hospital, worked weird shifts, and we would just watch Star Wars movies and shit. And eat Star Wars cookies, and I think, uh, you know, Star Wars birthday cakes, this and that and the other thing. And I've already been surpassed by my child. But, I mean, he's such <laughs> That is a... impressive. He's such a fan of Star Wars. He even likes the Battlefront games. Oh, wow. Yeah. He even likes the Battlefront games. I try to stop him from playing the online shit. And I've had dickheads message me because I guess he'll he'll get on and play online. And it'll be dudes oh. like dudes shit talking. I was like, yeah, you just got blown up by my five year old, dude. I, I would shut the fuck up. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, that's because yeah, that, that's why I won't play those online games because I hate the online community. <laughs> yeah, I can never get enough people for the Friday the Thirteenth shit. Oh yes, yep, that was the only time I really got invested in playing online was when that Friday the Thirteenth game came out. I played that like crazy. You should probably call this the video game episode, <laughs> right? <laughs> the tangents we're going on. <laughs> <laughs> So let's get back to the movie, or let's take a quick beverage break for the liberals who need their drinks, and then we'll get back with Watchmen. Flashback. You know I'm sort of relatively new again to living with a cat. Oh, yeah. Uh, last night, the dog was in my spot in the bed, so I was on the couch. <laughs> And the cat was sitting on top of the couch looking out the window, like she does. And then it was just kind of like... I was like, what the (laughs) fuck is going on? I looked out, and on the porch was Black Cat. Black Cat from the neighborhood that I've actually stopped my cat from fighting with when she's gotten outside. And Black Cat was on the porch. And Tank Girl was just like, like, holy fuck, that sounds terrible. Uh, Oh, that is great. Well, anyway, here we are talking about Watchmen. I enjoy the comic book. I am not very far in it, but the movie, especially the ultimate cut and the director's cut, are pretty faithful. Nice. They go with a lot of those secondary colors, like in the comic book. There are a lot of what the primary colors are what red blue and yellow the usual superhero colors but watch yeah, there was is... a uh because one thing oops sorry no please uh yeah because i was gonna say uh, my roommate pointed this out when we were watching it but he was like notice how everything out in the city just has this blue tinge to it uh, like lot... when it was raining and everything everything just kind of had like this blue light to it and a lot of purples a lot of green a lot of orange and brown I, that fucking giant flying owl 
ship that was full size and, and the the hardest part for them was when it was flying up against that tenement building when uh what Silk Spectre and Owlman went to save people so they could fuck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they had three inches of clearance between the thing Holy and the crap. building. Yeah. And it was on one of those uh gyroscope things where you move the model in your hands and it uh, performed all the pistons underneath the original thing. Wow. I liked the movie, but when I started looking into it to talk about it, I found all these cool little things about it. Yeah, that is awesome. Because, yeah, like, I that's one thing I always wanted to see, like, on this was, like, a lot of the behind the scenes and how they did stuff. Because, like, I know, like, the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, that's a lot of CGI. But I did notice, like, this time around, I'm like, I don't think that's CGI with some of the things they did. Like, this looks like practical effects for a lot of things, too, which is impressive. Lots of practical effects, a lot of cutting edge at the time, computer animation stuff. Yeah, and one little, and it's like such a small thing, but I just, the effect of it is just always like fascinated me was uh, how Rorschach's mask is just constantly in motion. Yeah, and uh, I watched a thing about this last night, actually. They. Oh, did you really? They talked with the guy that drew the comic. And he had very specific Rorschach patterns for different emotions that Rorschach had. Oh, really? Yeah. Throughout the comic, apparently, there's all these, you know, when he's pissed or sad or whatever. They had patterns that would be on his face when doing that. So that's awesome. They animated all those in doing two or three levels of video editing fuckery. Jackie Earl Haley wore those measurement dots all over his face when he did the scenes. Oh, wow. So did Billy Crudup when he played Dr. Manhattan, although he had a lot more. And they had yeah. they had lights on him, so the lights were shining on the other actors while they were doing the scenes. Oh, that's cool. But with Jackie Earl Haley, yeah, uh, he he had the... White mask, and he had the dots on his face so they could sort of portray his portrayal. But they also uh, talked with Gibbons or Gibbons. I, I can't remember the name of the the guy that drew the comic. The guy that drew the comic was involved. And Alan Moore, who wrote the comic, was like, you guys all go fuck yourselves. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, they 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 just went all in on on the Rorschach stuff, and they got that all figured out, and they did all the replacements in the scenes, and uh, he even went so much like I guess Jackie Earl Haley has a black belt and some sort of really awesome kung fu type shit. No shit. But he was like Rorschach wouldn't fight in that disciplined kind of way. He'd fight like a a noir detective kind of person. So he did a different fighting style. Wow, that that just gives me so much more respect for him than I already had. Because, like, yeah, I already already have a lot of respect for Jackie Earl Haley for just doing the stuff that he has already done, like, in his career. And just that, yeah, just saying that, that's incredible. It made me a bigger fan. It, it makes me want to revisit, although I didn't dislike it really all that much in the first place. 
it makes me want to revisit the Friday the, or the Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I was going to say, we actually, uh, the episode will be releasing soon. Uh, we're talking about that because we're doing franchise remakes and we watched, we rewatched that and the original Nightmare and compared them. And yeah, I like of anything that I have an issue with in that movie, it's not having to do with him as Freddy. Right? If Rorschach got set on fire in that prison riot and became Freddy Krueger, those could be... Although Rorschach wouldn't kill kids, I guess. No. That, that's like the good thing about Rorschach, is Rorschach right. wouldn't kill kids. He'd kill any other he fucking He has a person. line that he won't cross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like like the fake line of Batman not killing people, which... We'll talk about when we do Batman Returns and him putting dynamite on people and throwing them down the yes. sewer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rorschach wouldn't kill kids. No, but I was going to say, that's why he's like, he's one of those characters like, oh, like, I should not like him as a person, but watching him as a character on the screen, I'm like, yes, I love Rorschach. And that just makes me like him even more when he's like, yep, I won't do anything towards kids. And in fact, I'm killing any motherfucker that touches kids. And I'm like, yep, okay, he's got a line that you do not cross, and that, that that's a line that everybody should have. I gotta eat some beans. <laughs> Human and beans. I can only imagine how bad he really... Ugh, God, I can only imagine how bad he really smelled, too. Like, especially when the cops like, oh my God, he stinks! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure... He's never taken a natural shower, or almost Joe. never. It's been, he's he got stuck in the rain, or you know he fell into a vat of soap at some point after he strangled someone to death. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> or well, like what uh uh owl owl guy and Silk Spectre talk about that guy that got off and got on getting punished. And like, well, he did that oh, to yeah. Rorschach, and Rorschach threw him down an elevator shaft. The other time, probably Rorschach's probably taking a shower as if he's ever went swimming. That'd be, like, the closest he's ever gotten to, like, wet and clean. <laughs> I've got time for soap until the world is <laughs> Well, he is did clean. once he got arrested. Yeah. <laughs> once he got arrested, I'm sure he got a power wash. <laughs> but speaking of this movie in general, like, uh, I, I don't know why, but, like, I always forget that, you know, all this is because of Ozymandias. Like, everything that ends up happening in this movie is because of what he freaking, like, everything he plans. And I completely forget that every time I watch this movie until I see that scene with the assassin. And I'm like, oh, wait, yep, I remember he did that. He's such a good villain. Because the best villains think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, especially when he explains everything to Dr. Manhattan, and Dr. Manhattan's like, you're right this is the only way we could have pretty much saved humanity. It's like, like that just kind of like blew my mind. I'm going, Holy crap. <laughs> that is such a very convoluted way to get to this, but <laughs> it worked. <laughs> uh, especially fuck the eighties space, cold war eighties. I can't even imagine the 1980s, but with Nixon as president. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, Reagan was shitty enough. Right. And just, yeah, to have Nixon for another term after, oh my God. Sounds like an 80s that I was glad I was not born into. Yeah, right? We we have made plans with the president, or with the premier of Russia. We'll be uniting against 
Dr. Manhattan. Damn, you have a good Nixon voice, too. Holy crap. Oh, thank you. What about Watchmen have we not said? Because we don't want to be the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate cut. So we want to make sure we get <laughs> right. we get everything in in a timely manner. Is there something about the Watchmen that we haven't really talked about that you really want to get into? Well, I do just like some of these uh, lines, because like, I did write down a lot of just like lines that were said, and uh, one of them was by uh, the comedian, like right after, uh, I think it was pretty much right when uh, Night, Night Owl Part 2 and them started being on the team and working with the comedian, and they're yeah. dealing with the uh, protesters. He just jumps down and just starts shooting all the protesters and just scaring them away. And then, like, uh, Night Owl's just like, what happened to the American dream? And he's like, it came true. You're looking at it. And I'm going, oh, my God, that is so freaking poignant how it is nowadays. It's like, because the American dream is just not an actual American dream anymore. It's just a freaking mockery. Even going into that character, I mean, that's what comedians are supposed to do, is tell painful truths. Yeah. Yeah, and he he did tell lots of painful truths throughout this movie, like with his flashbacks. And I really like, like that that's actor. one. Yeah, I would say is that wasn't that Dean Morgan? Yep, Jeff Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Or yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yep, who is very uh, very popular now thanks to Walking Dead. <laughs> who I know is on that show, even though I gave up a season before that happened. I gave up, I think, during season four. Yeah, I think that's when I just kind of lost just lost interest at that point because i was just like i just don't care anymore at this point <laughs> yeah I, i've read way further in the comic book than i've been in the show uh, i think the last time i steadily watched the show was about five years ago yeah like i pretty much like would read up on like any like major events that happened in the series i would just read about it and go is it enough to interest me to go back and watch <laughs> mm, no i'll just find a clip <laughs> yeah. find a clip watch it chris hardwick shut up Yep, pretty much. <laughs> oh, there's Norman Reedus. He was at one of those uh, horror hounds, the one of the last ones that I went to. They had a Walking Dead panel, and oh man, I bet that brought a crowd. It sure fucking did. And they tried to keep him in the the paid for autograph line, and he snuck yeah. away. He snuck away and showed up at the panel. Oh no way. He he just like showed up in like sunglasses, looking kind of stoned as fuck, but very Norman Reedus. He's like, "Hey, right. everybody!" And everyone's like, "Ah!" And the his handlers kept like, "Come on, come on, come on, come on!" He's like, "No, I'm talking to people." <laughs> like, "Come on, go, 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 go!" This like, is what <laughs> the fans want. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I'm fucking talking to people, man." They're like, go, go, go. We got to go. We got to go. And he was there for about half the time. And then he's like, okay, well, I guess I have to go. Bye. Yeah, he just disappeared. That is actually really awesome, though. Uh, to see, like, that just goes to show that, you know, he appreciates the fans. Yeah, he seemed really cool. That, that was one of the things that probably kept me watching it longer was just that memory of Norman Reedus giving a fuck. Right. Because that, that, depending on the actors and everything, like, and how they are at conventions, that will keep you watching something they do for a long time or completely ruin them for you for the rest <laughs> of your life, depending on how their interactions go. That's how I got into Holliston. Oh, was it really? Mm-hmm. Freaking love Holliston. I knew what D. Snyder looked like. 
and I'm a Guar fan. So I was running around one of the horror hounds and I saw Odorous and D. Snyder walking into a room. Only awesomeness lays before me. I must go forward. <laughs> and I went in and they were doing a table read. And it was all of oh, the no people. It was all the people from Holliston. And I was like, oh, oh this that is, is fucking sweet. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, so I'm I'm a fan of con- I never really gave much of a shit about conventions. I was always going to the summer music festivals. And then when right. I, I started going to them, I was fortunate enough for it to all be horror hounds. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. I don't know what I've been waiting for. Yeah, because I've never experienced anything like really huge as far as I know. Because uh, what we have out here, the there's two big ones that happen, like or that did happen. And that was uh, Motor City Nightmares and Astronomicon. Oh, and, okay. Uh, the last one I went to, I actually took Heather to, and actually it was the last time we'd hung out in person before borders shut down because of the pandemic. And we went to Astronomicon, and which the crazy part about Astronomicon is this horror it's like a horror movie pop culture convention because it'll have like wrestlers and some 80 stars but it'll also be heavily uh, heavily horror focused as well um but the thing that was cool about it or just kind of blew me away about it is it's the band members of twisted who created this convention really yeah and i'm going the dudes that got famous from icp they're they created a convention, and I'm like, and like looking at the lineup, I'm going, it makes sense. Wrestlers, horror, yeah, yeah, that's that's those guys' mo. Like, so you walk in there, and you're seeing like Juggalos all painted up, like going to meet Twisted in one side, and like you got '80s wrestlers <laughs> fans on the other side, and you got horror movie nerds on another. I'm like, this is the most bizarre mix, but like it worked so freaking well. And I'll I'll and admit, until they got a little bit more political, I made fun of Juggalos. Yeah, so did I. I did. And, <laughs> and you, I was saying like I, like it was almost like an initiation here in Michigan. Like, oh, you gotta at least listen to ICP and know who they are. Like, and like while I was in high school, so of course I listened to pretty much all their albums and liked some of their stuff. But I would have never considered myself a juggalo because i would never be wearing like any of their gear or anything like that because i'm just like no i'm not that obsessed i had a a, a place where i would go to purchase Space minute. Was, was a common hangout for juggalos and that was one of my more frequent uh conf- oh, wow. confrontations was getting fr- confronted by juggalos but they were all really just making sure i wasn't there to ruin their good time that, yeah, that, from what I've heard, they're all really nice people. You know, they're they're, like, they're just crazy. Yeah, dude named Hatchet was just making sure I wasn't there to be a dick, and I could appreciate that. <laughs> right. And, and uh, where where punk camp punk and Drublick is in Ohio, I don't know if you've heard of that about that little three day uh-huh. weekend punk festival. It got started by Fat Mike from No Effects. Oh, nice. And uh, it was here in Ohio, a little bit out of the way. It was actually around where they shot Thanks Killing. Oh, no way. Really? Yeah. There, there's this place uh, with a stage where the gathering of the Juggalos was every year, just out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And the last three or four years, there's been Camp Punk and Drublick. 
I think it was called Anarchy Camp, like the song for a while. But it's just it's like a little mini warp tour or Ozfest or whatever. Just three days. You can camp if you want to, or you could come every day if you want to. And there's beer sponsors and you know, like one year, let's say it was bad cop, bad cop, no effects, pennywise, descendants, the damned. A lot of bands that everybody listened to in the nineties and some some bands now. One year the no effects didn't do it because they said they made a joke because they had just played Las Vegas. Right, oh, right after okay. or right before the shooting. And people were like, you guys are dicks. And they're like, okay, well, we will not be showing up at this festival. <laughs> Everybody go have fun. We're not going to be there. Don't worry about it. And that was a fun year because every band did a, did a no effects cover. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But, you know, like Jello Biafra was there. And it, it, it was, yeah. Fucking blast. Yeah, that sounds, I'll say that sounds like it would have been amazing. Yeah, <laughs> fortunate for me, it's like going to that and going to Riot Fest, and I get a whole year's worth of shows done in six days. Yeah, that's insane. Like, I think the only like music fests I ever got was a part of was uh, Ozfest and what we had out here in uh, Michigan called Dirt Fest. <laughs> Dirt Fest. Yeah, like originally it was uh, like. Because I, I started going there when I was in high school, and it was literally in the park, like, of just, just in the national park, and it was all local bands. So it was just, like, metal, like, grassroots, uh, punk, like, folk metal, like, it just all sorts of different random stuff. Like, um, my friend's high school band played there one time, but, like, uh, I'd say five years later... I'm all of a sudden hearing about Dirtfest on the radio and bands like freaking uh, Mudvayne are showing up to it. And like in this moment, and all of a sudden it just became this straight up just like heavy metal festival. Oh, okay. And it was just, just this little thing that it was just all punk bands or like punk and local metal bands for the longest time. And then all of a sudden just out of nowhere, boom, just this huge festival. I'm like, holy shit, good for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, I just remember walking, uh, I just remember pulling in my car, paying five bucks to get in and having like a case of beer in my car. And I just go to my car, drink some beers, walk back to the park, watch some more music. <laughs> and I was like, now you're actually serving beer here for like $10 or $12 a pop or whatever. <laughs> that was like the old school days for me watching all of those local bands. And yeah, now it's just like I barely ever go to concerts now. I mean, well, obviously not now, but in recent years. Unfortunately, the last concert I actually went to now has a sad uh, sadness to it because it was Iced Earth, and well, we know what happened with John Schaefer from Iced Earth. Oh yeah, he he stood up for freedom. Uh, that just that just stained the hell out of that band for me. <laughs> oh, I feel ya. I I used to really like the drummer from System of a Down. Oh yeah. <laughs> Although I have no idea how the dude did it. Like, from the sounds of it, he thinks all the opposite shit of their lyrics. And I've Yeah, ne- which is I've, really weird. I've never been able to be in a band. Like, I've quit a band before a really good show with a big band. Because I thought the guy I thought that uh irreplaceable member of that band was being racist. Okay. I'm not really sure how you did it, dude, but you know what? Fuck it. There's there's other good drummers out there. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, because that was kind of like, like, cause, uh, what was it, uh, John Schaefer and uh, Hansi Kirsch from Blind Guardian teamed up and do uh, their thing together where it's uh, Demons and Wizards, which is one of my favorite ever collaborations. And now it's just like, well, that's ruined now, too. It's all It's like I'll still be able to ears. enjoy the music, but it, now it's just, now there's just going to be that stain upon it and that just really crushes my soul. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I mean, some people are easier to remove from others. I feel like with music, it it's a little bit harder than it is to do with actors or directors. Because with music, you're yes. kind of getting the entire vibe of the person. And yeah. with movies and stuff, it can be a little bit different. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of some, you know, somebody that sucks that's that's in a thing versus... I cannot enjoy any of the Jeepers Creepers shit because it's from a pedophile who created a story about a ancient monster that lusted after uh, lusted after pieces of a young boy and destroys his life and his family. That that's like too close to the reality of the thing. Versus, I could yeah, probably, understandable. I could probably watch a Roman Polanski movie. That's not right. about rape. Yes. Yeah, though it is kind of funny you bring up Jeepers Creepers because uh, apparently I just someone had posted on our podcast page that Jeepers Creepers is being rebooted, and he is that guy. I can't remember his name right now, and I don't want to even want to give him credit, but he is not even going to be near the film. He's not involved at all. Nice. I hope he doesn't so get like, much money from it. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping too. And like, you don't deserve anything, you piece of shit. But like, I. Because I love the concept of that creature and, like, the whole regeneration from eating. But, like, yeah, just the movie is... <laughs> it's like if Bill Cosby had a bunch of episodes about drugging women and molesting them. Or something like that. It's just a little a little too close. Or let's think of other horrible people. It's, it's, it's been harder. Uh, I really dig that Kevin Smith is donating all of his, pro- all of his profits from all of the shit that he makes off of Weinstein stuff. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he still is, but when uh, Weinstein got arrested, uh, Smith announced that he was donating all of his profits from those movies to like a film school for women or something like that. That's amazing. Uh, so uh, there like, is shit people can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a way to kind of turn it around. Like, and it won't erase what happened, but at least... uh there's something good that can come from it because uh, there's just all that crap. Like it just seems to be like coming like crazy right now with like celebrities. I mean, the whole Joss Whedon thing and just, Oh my God, just like everything that I watched when I was younger is just like, well, now that's stained too. <laughs> Shit. It's nice to have the reckonings, but it is disheartening to see so many. And I get it. I mean, there are, everybody's got their line that they cross. But I don't think that yeah. it's dumb for someone to give a shit about if they hear about something terrible that a creator has done. Right, because there's like a certain way you can separate the art from the artist to an extent, but eh, like only to an extent. Because I can, like, I'm not gonna judge anybody for watching any certain thing that any horrible person did, or like, or they can completely boycott it. Like, nope, I completely understand both sides of the logic on this because yeah, i think we even heather and i talked about that because of the whole thing with marilyn manson as well and it's like well yep people are gonna still listen to his music 
Like, you know, I'm not going to judge anybody if they do. Yeah. Oh, fuck. He's in Lost Highway. Uh, I, yeah. know, I know there are some people that are like, well, we have to find out what he's done. And one thing that I just keep thinking about when people say that is that he himself said that when he, he and Evan Rachel Wood, he himself said that when they broke up, he called her almost 160 times while hurting himself and saying that it's her fault. And that's, oh, I mean, that's abusive. That's abuse right there. Like everything else. Yeah. Could be whatever, but I calling someone, I think the number was 158, but almost 160 times, or let's say 150 times even, or two times while like flagellating or cutting herself and saying, see what you've done. And I was saying she was super young too. So he was basically just grooming her in the first place. Kind of like what Ted Nugent did to that one girl way back in the day that people seem to forget. Yeah. Right. Do you really, are you really shocked people? I mean, it sucks, but I'm not surprised. I, I was trying to think of someone who I would be less surprised about. And I, I mean, if I go into regular time now, you know, I, I keep going back to like Motley Crue. Like I would be less surprised about hearing about Motley Crue doing the type of stuff that Motley Crue did. But right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess Marilyn Manson isn't even really now. I mean, I guess he he's technically still around. But if you think of Marilyn Manson, you think of the mid to late nineties, right? Yeah, exactly. The whole Antichrist superstar fa- uh, fame. Yeah, I, I, I'm not very surprised. I wasn't a big Marilyn Manson fan beforehand. I was like off and on. Like I liked his uh, very first album, like American Port- Portrait of an American Family or whatever. And then Antichrist Superstar came out and that's when he got like super famous. And I'm like, all right, this music's okay. But it's all shock stuff now. I'm like, yeah. I'm over it. But and, and another person that I wasn't really all that into, but I got taken to see, and then I became more a lot more appreciative of them was uh, I got taken to see Nine Inch Nails. It was like Nine Inch Nails, and well, I went to two shows there. All the bands that were there were Nine Inch Nails, Alice Cooper, oh, wow. Iron Maiden. And, that sounds and, like my kind of concert right there. <laughs> yeah, I think you you and Amanda would get along famously because she's like, we're going to go see these people. Okay, cool. And it was like Nine Inch Nails, uh, one of those outside amphitheater things in a lightning storm. Oh, wow. So, you know, they just come out and it's like, you know, and there's just like, it was fucking rad. I can imagine it was. I mean, just for the fact that seeing Nine Inch Nails live too. I've, I've watched their concerts on YouTube and stuff, and they put on a hell of a show. Uh, they they did, and I I you know I got to see the Ramones when I was thirteen. Oh, nice! They were on that traveling Lollapalooza. Oh, nice! Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, my first uh, you you mentioned him like when you went and see Nine Inch Nails, but uh, my very first ever concert was Alice Cooper. That's a good one. Yeah, I was, I think, 12 years old and, like, grew up loving Alice Cooper because my mom loved Alice Cooper. And he opened up for the Scorpions, and we <laughs> left right when the Scorpions uh, came on because we had no interest in them at the time. I regret that now. No wind of change <laughs> for you? 
No, I regret it all now. I wish I would have stayed for that, but we were young and didn't know who they were. But <laughs> seeing Alice Cooper live, I was like, yep, this is I, I, okay. I, I'm going to be a metalhead for the rest of my life now because of this. <laughs> uh, I listened to a whole podcast series where a guy investigated the urban legend that Scorpions and Wind of Change was a CIA operation. What? Yeah, there, there's uh, uh, there's one of those urban legends or conspiracy theories or whatever that Wind of Change was part of a CIA op to, uh, like some sort like to uh defeat communism, and this this guy went and interviewed people and he ended up in you know interviewing people from scorpions later but of course they don't play that at the beginning but you know, went around and interviewed people and went through archives and did freedom of Im- information act requests and shit wow i did not even know that was a thing yeah i forget i I'll, I'll have to look it up and tell you what what it was called it was it was a short series I am very interested in that. That sounds uh, very like a very fascinating rabbit hole to go down. It was fun. I, I think we are. We've already talked about Watchmen enough, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me think. Before I forget, I want you to go uh, and plug your shit, man. All right. Uh, so you can find me uh, on the Legion Podcast Network. I do a show with Miss Heather Powell, who has been on here two different times now, I believe. Uh, and it is called the Friday Nightmares Podcast. And you can find us under the Kill the Cast banner and uh, coming out. So by the time this episode probably releases, our latest episode should be out and it is franchise remakes. So we're pretty much going to be uh, just discussing remakes in general, like just like the idea of them, like, cause we do some research for our show. And then we talk about the six big franchises and their remake and kind of compare them. So we talk Friday the 13th, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play and Wrong Turn. And we discuss the new 2021 release of Wrong Turn. And yeah, it was, it's a mammoth of a show going to be close to, think like three hours and 45 minutes or something like that <laughs> but i'm excited because yeah we have some very uh we have some opinions that i think are gonna piss off some people that don't like remakes <laughs> nice i i love going I, I love angering the horror police that, that's it yes i was say we we like to poke the bear once in a while so to speak <laughs> i guess you you can tell me this uh, I don't think it'll be spoilery enough, but they do have the tag. This land is our land. There are no yes. Woody Guthrie's. There are no feral Woody Guthrie's in this movie. Nope. They pretty much uh, could have uh, named this anything but wrong turn. Cause this has, besides being in West Virginia, there's nothing to do with the wrong turn franchise. Well, though I think you will like it because it's just uh, kind of the what they end up talking about and like what they show in this. Cool. You you and Heather have both said I should check it out. So I I will probably check to see if it's on any of the streaming things that I have access to. 
Yeah, because I believe it's available to rent now. But yeah, like it was a fun episode, and yeah, like it was fun talking about these movies because we've always been the type of person that's like, remake it. We don't care. Remake everything. You know, <laughs> get a new audience in, bring them in so they can see horror for the modern ages. Like, and maybe it'll turn them on to the older films. But like, yeah, I've, even if the remake sucks, it still doesn't take away from the original. Fair point. And I think this is going to end up being like a two-part series too, because now I think we're doing our next episode is going to be uh doing talking about remakes of movies that either are had like just one movie or like one or two sequels mad max or uh well it's gonna be assault on it'll precinct be the horror 13. uh well, actually i didn't think about assault on precinct 13 but uh no it's gonna be uh suspiria um that's one of them um trying to think off the top of my head uh we're gonna do prom night because we figured yeah prom night's considered a franchise but the three sequels in that don't have anything to do with the original prom night so screw it we're doing that one uh we're doing carrie we're doing the fog maniac and there was one other that i can't think of off the top of my head right now let the right one in i that was on the list so i think we may cover that at another time we decided not to do that one at at this moment here i'm actually gonna bring up my notes because i have it saved on my phone because i am a nerd like that we're doing the uh, the Thing from Another World and the John Carpenter's The Thing. Cool. Yeah, we just kind of want to do like just these other horror films that had remakes that just didn't have franchises for the most part. It'll be easier because we'll just be like, well, all we got to do is just watch the movies and not do any research because we already did research on remakes for this last episode. So it'll be kind of an easier one. Just a lot of movies to watch. Perfect. Another project planned, but I can't really announce that just yet till I know what's happening with it. Oh, well, a little bit of teaser there. Something that is a bit different from what I'm used to doing, but it's something that I talk about a lot. That is all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you the rest off the air. Well, I think in the spirit of that, we have to go because I need to find out what the fuck is going on. You've heard Scott talk about <laughs> this. You've heard Scott. Scott is is going to keep the secret. Not like me, Rorschach, who doesn't compromise even in the face of Armageddon. But Scott's got to do a show, a popular show that more people listen to than this one. So I don't know why I keep <laughs> saying his name, because if you're listening to this, you got to know who he is. But he's not a dog in the streets full of gutters and scabs. No, that does sound like a good weekend. Um, (laughs) Who watches The Watchmen indeed? If you know this show, you understand why we barely fucking talked about the movie. If you didn't, (laughs) if you don't know the show, this is kind of how it goes sometimes. That's why I love it. It's just random tangents that we go on. It's great. Yeah, we, we took the tangent train. And here we are. Here we are. You're locked in here with me for a couple more <laughs> seconds. I think I can deal. Duck and cover. Who watches The Watchmen? Peace. A peace based on lies, but peace nonetheless. Look out for weird purple tigers. Because if, <laughs> if a friend of yours shows up with a weird purple tiger with long rabbit ears, they are getting ready to do some fucked up shit. He did what we all must learn to do. You and you and you and you and cover. Give me back my face. Mom's going off in the streets. We lose all to 
If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.